0: I never got scared of facing Hazard or Ronaldo or Messi or Neymar. I was like, really? This club?
1: Disrespecting me that way? So did your career end prematurely? Did it? Yeah, surely. Yeah. Okay. It
0: did.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to the So Close, So Var podcast powered by the YFL. So Sohel Var here with Ben and Josh from Activity. And today we got a special guest once described by Arsene Wenger as the best right back in the Premier League. Our guest is a former French international footballer with over 500 career appearances, won the FA Cup with Arsenal and the League Cup with Man City. You guessed it. Bakary hey. welcome to the podcast back <laughs> thank Thanks you for so
0: much, on. it's a nice welcome, absolute pleasure having yeah. you
2: here by the way, thank you so much, we played together like two weeks ago,
1: yeah, yeah, how good. did that go,
2: it was interesting, you know, we played, uh, it was an exhibition game against uh, Levski Sofia, I think, Bulgarian first division team, and you know what was funny, I was supposed to start that game, <laughs> 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 I was supposed to start that game, I was hired high- I thought we we're gonna have some good competition today and then all of a sudden I see buck walking in the change room <laughs> you didn't even need to turn <laughs> up? You let you know? up you have but to, let to feet. Uh, I was like if there's one player who's gonna take that spot let it be buck <laughs> <laughs> no
0: sorry for that but, uh, yeah, it happened suddenly I was yeah. having a coffee and my friend told me some of the players are missing yeah so please can you come and, and bring some experience to the team so I was like yeah. The game is in two hours. I'm just <laughs> yeah. sitting, having my coffee. What so are you two, talking two
1: about? Hours before he just called two him. hours notice really? and he takes you on the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: it was it was a good game challenging. Obviously, yeah. I'm not fit because I don't train enough. But it was quite not quite interesting to see the development of uh, Ogof United and yeah. the, the kids, because this is not the first time I get to, to play with them. And I see the development and the ideas they have behind it. So yeah, they're doing a, a great job.
2: Yeah, because you've also seen us one year ago, right? So you kind of saw the progress that we've made in the season.
0: All of them progress. Honestly, the the understanding is is much better. The, The fact that the old position a bit better now also, and the way they use the ball is... Is is really interesting. Of course, they still have rooms for improvement, but it's going the right way. So, yeah. congrats. Are you looking
1: to play a little bit more as well? Takes a horse. Yes, a place in a few more games. I heard, I,
2: I heard just, they want to sign him. I heard they want to bring him out of retirement. I don't know. No,
0: I, no, think no. I think no, I, want, I want. I want. I want. <laughs> I think I gave everything for football my
1: entire life. So (laughs) now I (laughs) But you only need two hours notice to be able to put in a better performance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just a coffee and then you're ready. He's saying he's not fit, but hey, you
2: played well. You played really well.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm very harsh with myself. And it's probably why I made it because until I was 15, I only had one training session a a week.
1: Oh, really? Until the age of 15? Uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. It's um, tough, but I knew I had to work really hard to come to, come to, to the player as players became. And uh, it's not impossible, I believe in myself. And I was mm-hmm. giving 100% every training session. So this is a message I will give. And this is what I tell the kids every single day. Don't find excuses to find your way because you have so many professional teams in the world, so many academies, so many ways now even more with social media, content creators, to put your name on the map. So you don't have any excuse to to, 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 not to fail. I don't want to fail, but not to reach your dream.
1: Yeah, sure. And we talked about it beforehand as well, about the mental side of it as well. You might have all the ability in the world, but if you don't have the application, if you don't have the mental strength as well, if you don't develop that side of the game, you're not going to get as far as you could. Exactly, yeah.
0: You need to work every single day. You need to learn, give up on your ego. And most of the time, this is a problem in football. Too much ego and you don't want to learn. You don't want to listen to critics. You need to listen to feedbacks. Even negative will make you go forward. But most of the kids, especially when I was here at the academy, everyone wanted to do what he planned to do. And you have to be smart. You have to do what's good for you and for the team.
2: So sure. when you say one team, like one training session a week, was that like a team training session that you had only one time a week up to 15?
0: <laughs> it was my full training okay. session. I was not training. I was playing football on the side, but yeah. proper training session, no. So basically when I was young, around 13 years old, I got selected to play against, with uh, the team of department. Mm. And then we had a, a tournament for a side team, representing the region. And this is probably when you have scouts coming and mm-hmm. yeah. the Oxer scouts saw me, send a letter to my parents and they invited me for four days. So I remember it was <laughs> the, the f- fourth hardest day of my youngest life, because this is the first time I've faced adversity, mm. ego. Yeah. Um, I was surrounded by behavior wise, little professionals. You know, they yeah. had attitude and yeah. I didn't like it. And I think my dad noticed I was not comfortable. So I went back home and he told me, look, I think it's too early for you to go. You're only 13 years old. So you have plenty of time, keep working hard and it's, it's gonna happen again. So two years later, when I was 15, they sent another letter for me to join, but it was boarding in school model. Mm. So I went to a normal college. My mom used to drop me every Monday morning at 5am on a on a car park of my, uh, my my city hometown. Yeah. And I used to take the bus for like one hour. No one used to talk to me on the bus on the bus.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's probably those moments when you're alone in the bus uh, for an hour 5am every single day. Mom you. That probably build your character and just okay. the mental side like yeah. you have
0: uh, to be it's honestly difficult sure. for two years. It was I was crying most of the time sure because i was giving my family my friends every weekend basically for two years i was going from monday to friday my dad was picking me up back home saturday sunday so saturday was homework sunday was game and monday i was going again
1: Jeez. yeah especially so.
2: when you're that young and you have like that one hour bus ride every single day you don't have any friends you, you, it's really difficult like as a young kid yeah. just to put yourself in that. And the thing is after that hour bus ride, it's a high pressure environment. Every
1: single oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. day, you have to
2: do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And that, that really, builds. I mean, compare
1: that to 15 year olds, 13 year olds. Now let's compare it to Dubai, since we all live here. Like, can you imagine a 13 year old or 15 year old being on a bus an hour long away from the family? Do you think there's too many distractions or too much is given or afforded to the kids here?
0: I, I believe we need to make them like tough. Yeah. Mm. I don't want to say they spoil, but they cannot face challenges. My kids included. Whenever they face a challenge, they are tempted to give up, or not give hundred percent, or find a way to get away. But you need to face challenges, not only in football, but as a as a human being, you need to be able to take the stick and, and put the head down and work. And this is probably why I believe, since I living in Dubai, you don't see much kids reaching their dream mm. because most of them will say oh yeah but this is Dubai. we cannot be professional here why not if i had one training session a week these kids they have four
1: that's what i was going to say do you yeah. do you think there's a problem with the system or the model here because you train once per week and looked at the heights that you reached and in my experience you know under 14s under sixteens, for example they'll be training four five times a week plus a match day as well so <laughs> it's not that can't be the excuse they've got the tools they've got an incredible set of coaches out here So it's just maybe it's the mental side, like you said. I think the mindset thing is big. Yeah, exactly. Like
2: I've noticed going out to youth games here, I was at a showcase too last week, and no aggressiveness. They don't want it hard enough, the extra two, three hours they have after school playing video games instead of going out to the field and training. So I think it's really that that mental side of things. I mean, you've, now with ballers, you kind of see these kids come in, and I guess you do have that reference point of the elite elite compared to everybody else. But that's kind of what I've seen. But I'm
0: super... uh, Demanding with the kids. Right. So they first. You build a standard. Yes, I build a standard. And first, two months I gave up on quality because mm-hmm. they didn't have any DNA, football DNA. Okay. Uh, coordination was terrible. Understanding was terrible. Body positioning was terrible. Um, but we are trying to catch back slowly and we are catching back. Now the kids are able to play to a minimum of level yeah we have an elite part which is a very good team they don't lose the ball whenever we play position they're understanding holding positions and they start understanding what it is to play football it's not only focusing on the ball it is it is being smart and use the brain properly yeah. and regarding the, the league I believe you have a lot more to do you know regarding starting with the coaches I was watching my son this uh, this weekend and I was Amazed by the reaction of the coaches against the referees, for example. But you don't want to blame the referee. If there is a foul, let him do his work. You have to focus on how you need to to, to develop your kids, not shout on the referees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They spend more energy spending time arguing with the referees and actually
1: addressing the problems.
0: Addressing the problems, maybe mm-hmm. giving instructions to the kids. Some kids commit mistakes or they lose the ball in a stupid way, they won't be correcting. They will just shout the name like Adam, yeah. you know? But you need to to correct him. Yeah. You don't need to shout, just correct his positioning mm-hmm. and explain why he committed the mistake.
1: Yeah, that's refreshing to hear from of obviously someone of your profile because parents think it's the get out jail free card. you know, just if there's anything that's going wrong, let's direct to the referees, but they're playing an instrumental role in your child's development, you know, dealing with setbacks and everything, not everything's going to go your way. So to hear that message from you who's played at the top of the game to say, referees will make mistakes or, or just let it go and just focus on the problem at hand, correct some small tactical things. Yeah, I think parents need to take that on board and coaches and coaches yeah, and parents
0: also, I know it's difficult because when your kids are involved, you want to be part of it. You want to scream. You want to encourage. It's it's come from a good point, mm-hmm. but you're not helping your kids. It's just channeled incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not helping them at all because they lost. They take their own, they make their own decision, but they hear you saying something else. Uh, the right solution is the one that is appropriate to the demand of the game.
1: Sure. And how important were your parents in your development at the early age? <laughs>
0: my dad my dad used to come most of the time, but he was just silent. Just a look. If yeah. I did something wrong, he would just... You know he just
1: the Yeah, just scared to have a thing. look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I still see the fright in your eyes.
0: Not in a bad way, but like... You could have done better. I know I had that type of pressure, and I know I had to deliver because he it was, it was here. Mm-hmm. And he will always be critical after. He will never be positive, fully positive. I could score, I was striker, so I could score maybe two, four goals at the same time. And then in the car was like,
1: why not five? Yeah, exactly.
0: Why not five? Yeah, but the control, why you did that? Or or you should have scored this one or, you know, when you lose the ball, you need to react always. It's a kind of positive critics but I didn't see it that way. It's
1: constructive criticism. Yeah. So at the end of the day, as a kid, you don't want to hear it, but reflecting back on it, they're probably the most important conversations you needed to hear at that time. You need, you need, and it's gonna save you for life. So whenever I started
0: every single game as a professional, I remember my dad told me, if the boat sink, you have to make sure you keep the head up and out of water. And I always thought, okay, we have a, a team, a game team, but you have your own game into the game. I was facing amazing wingers, but <laughs> it was a battle before football. I was not even thinking about about football itself. It was a pride story. Whenever I was facing someone, the idea was for me to stop him completely, no matter who I was facing. I never got scared of facing Hazard or Ronaldo or Messi or Neymar. But I took it as a challenge. You know? for sure. That's yeah,
2: some big names there. I think, by the way, for any youth player listening to this podcast or any parents too, that thing that you pointed out about taking on feedback as a positive, the constructive criticism, that's one of the best ways to develop as a player. You have to seek out feedback um, very frequently and you have to be open to kind of taking it on and uh, learning. And I think as a youth player, even myself, like you don't really go asking for it. But in certain cases, if you can be proactive with it and go to your coach and ask them, you know, yep. hey, what can I improve? Yep. And, and don't take it as a negative, but objectively look at that information, take it on and and improve. And the quicker and the better you can do that, your development's gonna be a lot better as a player. I know you guys, you grew up in Dubai your whole life, right?
1: And you've seen the kids yep.
2: in, in this area. How have you guys noticed like kids taking on feedback, being open to that?
1: Yeah, so from my side, obviously, I've probably had a little bit of an extensive coaching career compared to Ben, but out here, it, it first boils down to having that relationship and that trust. You have to build that trust between the coach and the player and the parent as well because they're so invested, you know, the, forget the the commercial side or anything. Kids attend the sessions three, four times per week and, and you have to build that trust. If they believe in your methods, they're going to execute those methods a lot more. So, you know, I was looking after the foundation stages at my last club and even headed the girls program. And the first thing that came down to, and anyone would testify to this, is just having that connection. They would go to me to seek comfort, whether it was for the professional side of things on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. So they would often come to me with um, things that they want to correct, or what can I do to improve, or I didn't play well on this, what can I do? It all comes down to that trust. I think that first and foremost is how you are with your players.
0: I believe also the way they run teams. The starting 11 has to change because you need to earn the right to play. It's not because your parents pay that you need some some minutes. That's big. Because at the end of the day, parents will complain. Oh, my son is not playing. Do you think you're helping your son? He needs to understand. He needs to give more and train harder to get this position. And he needs to understand as soon as he get into the pitch, if it's five minutes, ten minutes, he needs to be giving his whole 200 percent. But it seems like, okay. you play twenty minutes? Okay, let's give him a bit of, of time to this one. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't mm-hmm. deserve, if he doesn't put any efforts, what values do we bring to to the to the kid? And what message do we send to others also?
2: Yeah. That's I think true. that's a culture that needs to be created in, in the youth environment here is you have to earn your minutes. You have to earn your you right do. to play. Mm-hmm. This is like parents like just hoping for their kids to play. Like yeah, on the day you might get twenty extra minutes, but your development two years four years six years down the line it's going to hurt you yeah
1: yeah if you think it's good like not every opportunity is going to be handed to you you need to Mm -hmm. to work for it don't you so i think yeah as you said there's a mentality and cultural thing that might need to change so that kind of covers like the youth side of it i want to talk about your professional career and let's talk about arsenal as well very big move obviously you in Auxerre first by the way if i say anything like french sounding i had to i had to what it's going to sound stupid and i don't know why i've brought up now but like I looked up. Obviously, you grew up in Sons? Mm-hmm. Was it
0: Sons? It's one the south of Paris.
1: Yeah, I, I got. It was 120 kilometers away from Paris. Auxerre as well. I had to, basically all I'm. What I'm getting at is the pronunciation of the things as well. I actually did you some research as well. <laughs> I googled it. I was like, how do you say? It? I just didn't want to seem stupid on there. I was like, how do you say this and this and this? So basically, after Auxerre, you, mm-hmm. went, you saw, obviously signed a huge move, Arsenal. That was two thousand seven, wasn't 2007, it? You yes. spent eight years at Arsenal, I think seven, eight se- seven seasons at Arsenal, yeah. and you joined at a time when three weeks earlier, I think Thierry Henry had just left to go to Barcelona.
0: I remember. Yeah. Um, the season after he so left, two thousand six. left came, season six. Yes, I came to summer two thousand seven. Okay. Uh, it's funny because I was named best right back of the league in France. Yes. And so. before I moved to Arsenal, I got my first call for national team. Oh, nice. So everything happened so fast, you know, my life changed in a split second and... Just the profile
1: elevated. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like value change and the way people look at you change and you get respected more than, than I was. And obviously, when it came out on the press that Arsenal wanted me, it was a long two months on holiday because I was on the phone all the time.
1: Where were you at the time?
0: South of France. Okay, nice. So I was on the beach with my phone, basically. Yeah. I was waiting <laughs> my club to to give me the green light to, to go. And uh, I remember one day the president called me because he was against me moving to the club. Okay. But obviously, I told him, "Look, this is my <laughs> this is my life. That's an opportunity. This is you my life. Turn this down. is a the train is is passing. I, I have to jump into yep. it. Mm-hmm. Some respect for the team, but now it's time to to step up. And I remember." the radio calling me the French radio IMC calling me really <laughs> yeah and being against my move telling me why are you moving you just joined the national team so why would you move and put yourself in a, in a real position you have European Cup next year so you should stay one more year and and go and I remember telling them like are you are you serious now mm-hmm. this is one of the biggest club in the world so I will progress and I'll make sure I work every single day to be able to join the first team and start every single game. And they told me no, but they manually boy on your position and you know, they were so negative. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I got I got named the best right back of the league. <laughs> so. Yes, and okay,
1: sure. your first season at Arsenal, in you were voted season, yeah. in the PFA Team of the Season. So obviously, that's not just voted by anyone; that's voted by the players, by the players. your peers, yeah, your peers, your prof- other pro- professionals as well. So to be selected, you obviously won League One. Uh, you were in the team of the season before you left, and in yeah. the first season in Arsenal, you get team of the season as well. So, yeah, that was amazing. That was crazy. Some recognition there, yeah. Did you call back the radio station and say, Guys, look, look what I did in my first well, season? I just
0: look at them, the same way my dad used to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, I look
1: i look down, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. Oh, dear, that would scare me. Yeah, I've yeah. got the um, I wanted to test your knowledge and your memory mm-hmm. so. In terms of that team of the season, it was the 2007-2008 in the PFA team of the season. There were, let me count, three other Arsenal players in the team of the season. Mm. He looks confident. Can you name them? Okay. Clichy. Correct. Cesc Fabregas. Correct. Adebayo. Three out of three. Was it? Yeah, that was very, very good. Wait, did you say that it was the first time that any of them had been in? Yeah, so between yourself, uh, Fabregas... Adebayor and Clichy that was all your first time in the team of the season I think almost everyone else had been in the team of seasons beforehand. just jump ahead to 2010-2011 we'll obviously come back but you're also in the team of the season in 2010-2011 you were named you were voted in that that was your second appearance in that there were let me just count two other Arsenal players in the team of the season that year can you name them? (laughs) if anyone I'll open it up to everyone I'll I'll give you a clue Van Persie wasn't there I'll give you a clue and it's for everyone as well go on two midfielders Fabregas no was there any okay okay um I'll give you Wilshire was one was Walcott there at that time no someone from France Nazri. Nazri. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wanted to test your knowledge with that one. But yeah, honestly, first season, like a lot of people when they make the move to a different country, it takes time to settle, doesn't it? But it you does. made an immediate impact in your first season, team of the season.
0: Well, I joined a French team in England. That was True. a big advantage because my English was okay in percentage, maybe 25%. The English we learn from school is terrible because it's useless, you know, it's nice, it's hot. But I realized I was far from speaking English. So and it's definitely
1: not hot in London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it took a bit more time because I was speaking French and surrounded by French players most of the time. Um, I had to force myself to ask questions about the slang, about the way we say things about the pronunciation. And obviously, I got very lucky to, to have Arsene Wenger as a coach, because he was very understanding and he was like a family man, you know. Arsenal was a family for me. And uh, I remember I was one of the eldest players also. I was only 24, but most of them, they were like 20s, early 20s, very so it young. was quite crazy. I realized now. Yeah, yeah that's a young team. It's super young team, yeah. but I didn't realize. For me, I was like, okay, it's a... But I realized now, 24, and being one of the eldest of, of the of the team is, it's crazy back in the days, especially for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't have time to think. We started the season quite well. And and yeah, we never put any pressure on ourselves. And we were just having fun. Some bunch of guys having mm-hmm. fun. We never take took care of, of the pressure and, and it was going well. You know, the confidence was so high. And and I think the fact that Arsene Wenger put his confidence back to us, even when we were losing one nil a day during the half time, he was always positive. And this is how much something and little details can play with your mind. If you are down or if you have a struggle, if your entourage keep positive and bring confidence back to you, you can become the best player suddenly. And I remember it was crazy. Some crazy situations where we were losing maybe two to zero. We still managed to come back and not even a minute on the pitch. I was thinking, OK, we're in trouble because I knew mm-hmm. we will find a way to come back and we with it until March. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course yeah, yeah, fair enough.
1: And what kind of impact did Arsene Wenger in particular have on your career? Oh, it's he it gave me the opportunity to, to reach, I
0: think to me, the best league in the world. Um, he had the trust in me because, okay, I had an amazing, amazing season, the first season I had, but then I also lost my brother in February 2008. So the following season, I was not performing as, as much as, as I was. I was not myself and it was tough moment because I had to focus again to just control the ball since that seems to be easy and natural was not anymore, you know, so um, he kept his trust in me. He kept playing me and he kept coming to me and making sure I was okay, you know, and this is why I love Arsenal so much because that was a vibe at the, at the club mm-hmm. and he still is vibe at the club but sure. obviously he was also commentating on, on the French national team on tv and always had a, a nice word for me and always kind of had this protection from him so not only him but some someone that played a big part in my development also was pat rice yes the, the assistant legendary,
1: the assistant to awesome
0: I had directly that connection with him, and he was coming to me every single time, and and like having banter with me, and always trying to find that connection. And he was my my model because I didn't know who he was before I walked in, and mm-hmm. I understood the impact he had as a right back. I saw some clips of him and the dedication he had every single time, and then analysis he was coming back to me and always had a nice word when he was happy about my performance and the way I was giving hard time to the to the to the to the wingers mm-hmm. and I remember also him coming to me and not being happy about me being too passive during my second season and yes of course my reaction was a bit on the defensive side but I understood he was right yeah because you saw in it, you you don't really realize but this is I think the kind of mentor everyone us need we need a, an example
2: yeah I think that player coach relationship is so underrated. If you have a good player coach relationship, like a manager who genuinely believes in you, who has that connection with you, like you talked about, the potential that you tap into as a player is completely different, your confidence just spikes, if you have a bad game, if you have a bad play, you know, hey, there's a coach who's who's there to talk to, yeah. and they believe in you. And I think if you have that in the whole team, that takes things to a whole nother level. So that's yeah, what it, it sounds does. like at, at Arsenal, Arsene winger dead for you guys is create that positive team environment where everybody felt trusted, everybody felt like they could go to one another and speak mm, and. Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. And when you have that feeling is you become hard to beat. And this is a mm-hmm. feeling we had in Arsenal. If you watch Morocco during the World Cup, this is feeling. Yeah, a feeling. That's a great example, yeah. They yeah. were having fun. And yeah. all this togetherness that make the other teams A difficult game to play against, you know. And whenever you have that feeling, people won't measure the importance of it. But if you had that in a team, and that was the case in Portugal during the 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 European Cup final, Mm -hmm. we were a better team. I think they didn't lose one game of 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 the competition. But I can tell you on the pitch, I knew we were in trouble because the way they were defending in for each other, the way they were talking to each other, and encouraging themselves. Croatia
2: is huge. The passion, the team chemistry that those teams have. Yeah, crazy. That often takes you a step higher than just skill.
0: It does. It plays a big impact. And to come back to Dubai and the YFL, whenever your team or your players don't perform well or they miss something, keep positive. Find a way. Of course, you cannot be nice, but find a way to be positive and bring the, the confidence back and give them confidence because all of them, they can control the ball. On the weekend, they have qualities. They train four times a week. Skill-wise, they can do things that we couldn't do at the same age, at the same time. So they have everything. They have all the tools, the nicest kits also. It's nice to look good, but you have to be able to understand the importance of being confident and surrounding with that positive energy.
1: So when you went to Arsenal, obviously you were one of the older players in a very young squad. Mm -hmm. Let's compare that to your move to Manchester City, where you're joining a group where there's league winners, you know, champions, European champions, whatever it is. How did that feel? You know, going into maybe the deep end, but you know, you're not no longer the older experienced head in the group. First season was difficult because I always got to play. I remember coming back from, uh,
0: from the World Cup in Brazil um, two weeks later. So I had like two weeks and a half holiday and the group was already formed the team shape was already ready so the first two league game i found myself home yeah <laughs> i'm not on the squad oh really i'm like oh i didn't expect it honestly oh because you're used to playing week in yeah. week out, yeah i was thinking at least on the bench but maybe he was thinking he's not fit yet oh but then i start my first game against talk city I think we have 85% position of the ball and as you <laughs> normally do
1: against Stoke city as well.
0: And one counter attack in this and we lose one. No, oh so I become like the black cat. Oh, um, yeah. And especially, you know, when you're surrounded with players who earn a lot of respect, who are big players in their own national team who have won the league the previous year. Most of the time, when you win the league, you have problems in the following season. I came that season. So some of the players, they were having tension with the coach. So the vibe was not always fully positive. So it was difficult. And obviously, I was sometimes playing against amazing wingers. And I would play against Hazard or Neymar or, or Messi or Ronaldo when you play Champions League. But then for three weeks, I'll be on the bench, not knowing why. Uh, not having talked to the coach yeah and the first time he came to talk to me was in march i didn't walk to him and ask it's not a pride stuff but i believe if i'm on the bench there's a reason and i had a different mindset i was thinking okay i'm on the bench he might not be happy about maybe my behavior on the pitch my aggressivity or the way i commit Or oh, there was something Yeah, I had to change this something without knowing why.
1: I was gonna say but you don't know what it is before you had Pat Rice who would come to you and say you need to do this and that. you didn't have that man city it sounds. But I took it
0: differently. I was thinking, okay, if I walk to him and he tells me you don't attack more. Maybe I will have focused on attacking more and not even defend. Because I will think okay, you want me to attack, I will attack and create gaps. I didn't want that I had to be smart. I wanted to try and excel in every single um department of my yeah. my my game yep this is why uh, I kept training hard I kept going with a smile and people were like players why why don't talk, why don't you talk to the coach why is he, is he doing this to you I said I don't know on the side and I kept working hard so March he walked to me and I remember one game we played against <laughs> playing against Chelsea away and I'm in a bus he walked past me and he looked at me you know and he goes, hmm. so tomorrow should I play you or are you scared about He <laughs> <I'm like, laughs>
1: Just ask you straight i are you scared again? To, to create the yeah.
0: connection. This is yeah. when he st- I start yeah. having connection with the coach. I said, excuse me? He <laughs> said like, should I play you or are you scared? I'm like, I'm not scared. And I'll show you I'm not scared. And I had an amazing game the next day. So he came after the game, oh, muy bien, muy bien. And then I'm three weeks on the bench again.
1: Oh, geez. No like,
0: and I'm going national team. And if you don't play with the team, you put your national team experience in trouble. It's at risk, isn't True. it? True. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, so
0: I kept working hard, and March came to me, walked to me, told me hey, you need to, you need to attack more. You used to attack more in Arsenal, and I told him. <laughs> but Arsenal, I used to to play every single game, and I was not facing only away game only uh, amazing players where you don't have position. So am I supposed to attack without the ball? But I was thinking, okay, you know what? I give up on this season. Next season, I will have a proper training session, a proper training camp, and I'll show you I'm the best. Next season, we go go to Australia um, for two weeks. And I start, we have a kind of international tournament with Real Madrid, I Roma, And I start the game because Pablo Baza Zabaleta is still in, in South America with uh, Copa America. And then I became the player's most used for the season.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's crazy to show uh, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of work. And every single
0: game. game I was thinking, look, I'll show you I'm the best. And you gave me the chance to play, I won't come out of the team. And I didn't.
1: So, so crazy yeah yeah amazing
2: i'm wondering those phases where you're on the bench you're not playing mm. right i think a lot of players go through those times where things don't go according to plan um mentally like i know you said you kept working you kept going at it how how was that for you did did you feel like you had a dip in mentality or was it pretty easy for you I, to kind of keep strong during those I, times
0: it was tough it was tough i i was used to london first hmm. I was in my house in London for seven years. I had my habits to go home was easy. Uh, my family was coming more often because it was an easy way. You take your, star, your home. Yeah. The weather was okay. It was similar to Paris. I went to just a different environment, a different city. Uh, not bad, but so different to what I was used to it. You know, when you live abroad, you lose your sense. You lose your, your marks. And I lost my mask coming to City the first year. So the first year I was not happy. I was not happy, but I knew that I put myself in this situation and I knew it was a challenge that I had to face. And I wanted to be part of the group and the vibe because I could see the, the guys already had having a vibe. They had won something together. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I needed to create something and earn the trust for the club and, and for the players, and I did. But it was tough. Honestly, I yeah. remember going home and like, and seeing on the other side the Arsenal guys having fun together and yeah, playing, yeah. and you know, I'm like, oh, not too many. I had a regret because I had to leave, and mm. that was my my way of of challenging myself again. Yeah, but it was not easy every day.
2: I and think that's part sure. of the process too. Is like anytime you go and take on a challenge in life, you have to be willing to take on the discomfort, and you have to be willing to know that it's not going to be comfortable and I think a lot of people are scared to kind of take that step outside of their comfort zone because again like you see Arsenal they're having fun there it would have been easy for you to stay in that environment but Mm. if you want to tap into unknown territory you want to take on a different challenge then you have to be willing to to go through difficult times Mm. and acknowledging that it's going to be difficult I think is part of the process too
0: it's part of the process and whenever you don't play it's not going to be greener somewhere else. Yeah. Don't think it's going to be easier because someone will tell you nice words or they will attract you because, of course, if they want you, they will use the best skills to attract you. But still, you need to start over again mm. and you need to prove you have to play and you have the ability to play. And and nowadays players to me, they're not having a strong mentality because whenever they don't play, they complain mm. or they ask for transfer in Dubai, they change academies because, oh, I was not playing here or the coach was not. No, it's you. If you're good, you're gonna play. It's not about the coach not playing you enough. It's not about yeah. uh, the team playing in bad. If the team is not at your level, make them try. Like Messi did with Barcelona. Stop finding excuses and thinking, oh, my son belongs to this academy because of the way they play, no. They play this way because the kids have a different mindset.
1: Yeah, true. I was going to touch on, obviously, you you mentioned your time in London and Manchester. This is a question, just personally speaking, I'd love to know the answer. So, as I said, Ben and I are both very big Newcastle United fans, as is Andy and Anthony from the YFL. So they probably appreciate me asking this question. There is a reputation in and around the northeast of England that players from abroad, players coming outside of England, coming into the Premier League, that there there is a bias towards them living in London and Manchester and there isn't that appeal to living in the North East Newcastle and I want to get your perspective on that cuz having been in Newcastle families in Newcastle and everything like that it's an incredible incredible city and place to live and play football a one one club city what would what's your thoughts on that whole thing
0: of course most of the players they would like to 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 go to London because it's an exciting city it's one of the best cities in the world and it's cosmopolitan city yeah so you don't feel so lost you don't have this break of culture this cultural break but then depending on where you go yeah you have exciting project like Newcastle because it's not only based on the city it's a proper football club and it's a full of history and and to have the connection of the fans and support of the fan yes of course it's nice it's a sexy team sure so I will. I wouldn't mind going to Newcastle. I wouldn't mind going to other cities, but for sure I will be very looking at the whole picture. Yeah, the, the bigger picture.
1: Not just the football side. It you have to live there setting. in the city. Obviously, if you've, like you've like got that. family and everything that, you know, you have to be it sure that it's in a place. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I had the opportunity to to play for Liverpool.
1: Oh yeah?
0: I did. Is that an exclusive? Yeah. I, didn't,
1: I don't know if we heard that before. <laughs> I never said it,
0: but Liverpool was actually the first team to talk to me when I left Arsenal. Okay, they had a nice presentation. Um, of course, Liverpool remains Liverpool, but one thing's bothered me. It was the fact that any single person I talked to, English person, had a negative feedback about the city. Okay, and this is how it played in my mind because the feedback was an unsafe city, um, a strange environment and I didn't want that especially living in London and I didn't want to put myself in this situation not knowing where I'm going and I didn't know the thing is I didn't know much about the city of course I had an amazing presentation of the club but I should have had the presentation of the city, of the city, city true. Well, yeah. because Understood. I knew everything about the club but yeah yeah this was a big a big question mark
1: but let's be honest outside of your you know daily routine a few hours is dedicated to training or playing I mean, the majority of your time you're having to live in a city Mm -hmm. that you need to know is safe or not. So it's just interesting to see how pivotal it is to do your research about, you know, the location and the city and everything before you do a transfer. It does,
2: And that's also, I think, very important is the life outside of football. Like you got to enjoy where you're living. You got to have a good social life. All these things impact your football. Yeah, it's all
0: package. It's not only money related or it's all package now. You have to be happy outside, as you mentioned. Mm to be uh, performing on the pitch. If you're not happy outside, and especially I noticed in my football when I joined Man City, you know, I was used to go out. I was home and I was like, I had my own environment. So when I'm rich city (laughs) wintertime, it was nighttime at two. It plays with your mind. Sure. Sometimes you you go out and it's sunny and one hour later is pouring water and it's like, You know, shouldn't be so important into your football life. Mm. But unfortunately it is, it's details. And most of the time you need to be comfortable and I was not comfortable with the way I got into the club. And for example, when we had a, a day off, I wanted to go back home in Paris. So I was going to the airport most of the time. The plane was at around 2 p.m. So I was rushing after training sessions. And then I, I reach the airport, going into the terminal, and and then suddenly, because you don't have enough passengers, the flight is cancelled.
1: Oh man! There so, have you, have so you can't see your family.
0: Have you seen the the movie Terminal? Yes. Yeah. That That's was me.
1: just sat there You're Tom Hanks. <laughs>
0: that was me, and I used to spend maybe four hours in the terminal to get into the next plane. Really? No. But no. the next plane was at five. It means six in Paris. Wow. So by the time I reach Paris, it's 8 p.m. I lost my day. Yeah. And this happened four or five times. Mm. So it's little inconvenience that make yeah. you think, oh, you know, I had a comfortable life in Paris. But still, you need to focus on football. And if I have to, to, to go back, I think I would have done the, same, the same, uh, same choice of living.
1: No regrets. How did the move to Montreal come about? Cause that's completely different. I mean, UK and France are quite close together. I know you went to Benevento as well. (laughs) You went across Impact Montreal. I did. Did the fact that Montreal being a largely French speaking city, did that have any factor in you maybe settling or wanting to go to Montreal? You know,
0: something funny because when Montreal walked to me, that was after my Spain in Italy and it was MLS. MLS is an experience it's more than football, it's an experience is the fact that you're going to discover different culture, different cities, America. You know I had that dream of going into different places and and taking football differently because you you have pressure but totally different. When you go to places you are able to go out and walk in a city, you are able to enjoy the city, you are able to travel together. When you go to the airport, they just walk to you and they give you a boarding pass you later at the gate. You know, it's you have your own life enjoying football. Yeah. So I remember when the when my agent called me and say Oh, Montreal they want you, I was like, Oh, the coach was French, Remy God, yeah. Um, I knew it was Quebec, I knew it was a French speaking community. But then I believed Montreal was where Seattle is for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, so I googled it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I thought it was just about New York and I was like, Oh, what an idiot <laughs> at
1: least you didn't say it in your like press conference what was it ronaldo when he joined saudi he was like oh, i'm really happy to be in south africa yeah i remember no that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so um, the first time i went there i was amazed i was shocked because to me canada was cold and i reached middle of summer in august and it's 35 degrees it's with 60 it's beautiful in the summer it's amazing i was like whoa where am i and then I see all this, you know, traveling so many hours. And, and here in French, like I'm in France with the American infrastructure. Yeah, the first week was mind blowing. I was like, "Whoa, want a city? Until winter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> until it hits you. And it hits the you hard. Comes.
0: Yeah. Until <laughs> November
2: comes around. December yeah. comes around. The snow starts coming. But in. I was
0: excited because the guys used to tell me, oh, you <laughs> see winter. You have the snow more. Tallers and yeah. yeah. you, you have like, <laughs> and it's amazing. And you can go out and, and. winter came, and I was amazed. I was like a kid. I learned how to love winter, and I don't mind winter now, because Montreal is just a special city. And I still have my place in Montreal. I still go back to Montreal. and That's cool. nice. Yeah, it's honestly Canada was, and I I was planning on living in Canada before I came to Dubai. Is that
1: true? Really? I was. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I bought yeah. my place. Um, I had everything. I was. I had a plan. The plan was for me to, in two thousand nineteen, to extend my contract one year and then to pass my coaching badges, get into the club, and really have an impact yeah. in Canada. But I came here December two thousand nineteen, and I received a text message one day thing, saying, uh, "Thanks for everything you've done for the club."
1: Really, you've been just, really, just like that.
0: This is how I stopped professional. My professional, care. I received a text message. I, I left Dubai mid-December. Um, they signed Thierry as a coach in November 2019. Mm-hmm. Summertime, I was speaking to them. Everything was set up for me to stay and everything. So I played my last game without knowing. And I was named best defender of, of, of the season. 31 game. And so basically, yeah, I, this is how I stopped. I was
1: going to ask you about the kind of how it all ended and reti- you retired, you played your last game for uh, Montreal in October 2019, I think it was. Thierry- uh, comes on board as manager in November 2019. Uh, I was going to say before your announcement, I think you announced your decision. Well, it doesn't sound like you announced your playing days were over. It sounded like it kind of uh, kind of came from the club side. But I wanted to ask, did you not have conversations with Henri about staying on board? I know you said uh, that <sighs> because obviously you played with Henri and you probably built that relationship. Did he would not want you to stay on for another season?
0: Well, I, for my part, I think I was respectful when they signed I remember the day I was leaving Canada I coming on holiday, I messaged this agent. This is how much respect I had for him. I messaged this agent saying, Oh, I'm leaving tonight. So I would like to come and say hi. Because he was my ex teammate. I always had a good relationship with him. And I remember going into the hotel, having a coffee, and them saying, Oh, let's go lunch. I said, No, I have to leave. He said, Where are you going to? I say, Well, I need to park because I'm flying tonight. And he said, But where are you going? I say I'm going back to Europe. Say, but you're coming back, huh? I say, yes, of course. Of course, is my club, it's my house, and I'm very happy here, and hopefully we're going to have a great season next year. Okay. It's the last time I talked to him.
1: Really? Uh.
0: I went on holiday that day, and not long ago, my agent spoke to me, and we changed the uh, uh, sporting director that year, and... I remember going into the meeting, personal at the end of the season, them congratulating me, saying, hey, congrats, you've been the best defender. And I said, okay. And then him saying, oh, so what you want to do? I was like, what do you mean? He said, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep playing? Do you want to to, to, to to become coach or pass through batching? And, and the ex-sport director was in the room with me. It was me, the new one, and myself. And I was like, is this guy serious? So I say, before you ask a question, you should ask your colleague because my agent was speaking to him for two weeks and he knows the plan, he knows everything. He start picking up. Hey, yeah, 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 but he's just discovering the club and he's coming back to Europe. So you should get your agent to get in touch with this, with the new sport director. And he's from Belgium. It's okay, fine. So I put them in touch my agent messaged him he never replied and I was like really this is a respect these people are for me but I didn't pay attention until my agent st- spoke to the export director and he started telling him oh we rather sign the center back than the right back that means they wanted to to sign what funny remember Rod yeah, Fanny? Rod Fanny, yes. yeah. okay what funny played season 2018 but they didn't keep him 2019 so he didn't play until July so he finished maybe three four games with us in july because we had injuries and then we came to the end of season so they signed him back and basically they, they dumped me it's it's a weird league it's It's, so a, ruthless. it's, it's a weird
1: league but so, it's fine it's fine i'm fine
0: with it but, but the thing stopped.
1: is you you just put in the perform like uh, you're the best defender or best right back yeah. in the league that season you are still probably would you say that you could have given more you had a, maybe another season or two in you
0: out of all the players at some point in the season we have games maybe every three days i'm the only one who played the seven games Yeah. i played 31 games i was voted by the fan best defender
1: of season so did your career end prematurely did it end yeah surely yeah
0: okay it did um when I found out they, they rather sign the rather signed Santa center back, I remember telling them, give me my, my letter to exit, to, to raise me talk, talking to other franchise. Some of the franchise, they were interested. They said, no, they said, no, we're trying to find a way to keep you. And no, 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 no. But they never did. They played dead until I came to Dubai. And the day I go back to London before flying back, mid-December, I received this text message. I learned, I switched on my phone and I received text message. I remember smiling like, oh, this is crazy. I'm still a positive person and I was still positive And I got into the car with my agent and we start laughing crazy because situation was so crazy. And I was like, really? This club, disrespecting me that way? While I was every day on, on time, I was already every day on, on the pitch. You know when you're 35, 36, the coach is, oh no, rest. No, I told coach I'm fit, I'm training. You know? Yeah.
1: Ultimate professional.
0: And some of the players they go there and no, I don't play on turf. I played on turf. They go there they want to fly business because whenever you fly to LA, it's five hours fly right? economy. You like this? I never had any demand, special demand. I was just enjoying my time and trying to help the young. Use my career was over because. I put everything behind, you know, but I was trying to have an impact and maybe encourage him and educate him and give him the information that I got to learn with the best coaches in the world. For me, it was a big addition for me and to see a kid progressing and learning from, for me, I already won. If I see a kid applying what I got to learn when I was 33 years old at a young age, it's a massive improvement. And that was my role. As a, as a player, as a player in, ma- in, in Montreal. But then when he told me it was mid-December, 10 days of visa. So I go back to, to Montreal, I cannot fly. I cannot exit the country because my visa is gone. So they put me on ambassador and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And then I had a call for, for an, uh, a team in France, Nantes. Yeah. But I had to decline because what do I do with my kids? The English speaking kids. Uh, I cannot just take them and live. Yeah. So I was like, you know, what? pause until summertime and then COVID hit. And then I stayed one year without leaving the country because I couldn't exit, you know, for health reasons. But this is a blessing, I want to say, because I bounced back from it. And I was telling you earlier, I set up a, an app just to avoid this type of experiences to the kids. And I was thinking, okay, you have plenty of time now, I don't watch TV, I don't watch Netflix, so how can you have an impact on others? How can you make their life easier and stop them from committing mistakes and you're in that position, but it could have been the case if I was 20 years old. So how can you give back what you got the chance to learn? Because I never wanted to be a coach on the field, but i think i can have an impact so i created an app where i put all my information about it everything i learned in the past 20 years in the app so it's about uh, football understanding i created a session for the coaches i'm going to have individual training sessions with my coach tutorial rehab sessions i'm going to talk about contracts. so i will be explaining what contracts means So basically, as a parent, you will be able to understand on the big lines, the contract. No one will come and screw you regarding image rights. For example, it's very important that you understand image rights because you have a value. Your son has a value as as a player, as a person. You cannot giving up on your image, right? Because let's say a big brand come to you the next day. You cannot sign the contract because you, you gave up on your image, right? So all kind of details that Will be really helpful to the people There are details
1: that are often overlooked, but you're you're not just educating the player; you're educating the parents and the family and the setup around it as well. And we were talking before, even how that uh, talking of details, how in depth it is in terms of recreating and animating the session plans. Everything's got the three D match simulator it did. engine, just for all the different types of learners. It's an incredible, credible concept.
0: It's a long work. Every day during COVID, I was nine hours. On my laptop, I did the training sessions. I did. I worked on it because there is a difference between finding it online and reproducing because when you reproduce, it has to be realistic. When you're on the pitch, you know exactly the body positioning and what's doable and not doable. And I see some of the content sometimes. It looks nice, but in practice or in reality, it's not. It's not. It doesn't work and it's wrong body positioning wise or space wise. So I managed to try and give the vision to everyone by using 3d and yeah. the code mm-hmm. color and
2: all stuff. So that's very interesting. What's the app called for anybody who wants to check it out
0: people. It's not out yet. Okay, um, because legally, I'm still making sure everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it will have an impact.
2: But well, that's good so you're essentially providing the framework because you've been through the experiences right exactly. a lot of parents a lot of players go into this blindfolded and the football world is crazy <laughs>
0: this football world is crazy and you need to be understanding where you put your feet
2: yeah you need guidance for sure yeah
1: i want to ask you I, I will come in towards the end of the podcast i think now anyway but i wanted to ask you some maybe lighter questions as well yes been, of course um we've covered omri at some point but i wanted to ask you It's a game. Okay, you have to start uh, one of these players. You have to bench one of these players. You have to sell one of these players. Okay, and they're all players that you've either played with (laughs) or know (laughs) quite well. It might be in your club career or a national team as well. So start, bench or sell Henri, Benzema or Giroud? Benzema start starting. Start Benzema? Yes. Okay, Um, bench and sell.
2: difficult. <laughs> it's I think the
1: trickery
0: one, honestly, it's he's going for I keep that. I keep Giroud on the bench. Okay. Because he has a big addition in okay. the squad mm-hmm. He's a different type of player. And I say, Henry, okay. not because of what happened, because I'm not by He's still an amazing player. Sure. Yeah. What he did in football is unreal. But I think I will have a better connection with Benzema and Giroud.
1: Fair enough. If anyone has any different ideas to that, I think on the video YouTube version of this, you can obviously leave a comment below. Out of those three options, if you would start bench or sell, Henri Benzema, Giroud, would you have any differences of opinion there?
2: Um, well, I was gonna say smart decision was selling oh, Henri. That's a lot of money. Also, <laughs> yeah, also. that's true. Actually. If you're looking at it that way, fair enough
1: Let's actually one last thing. I think we did this in the last podcast as well. We're gonna look at some of your player. Stats okay, okay. see if t- again, test your memory. Let's see if you get this. So, no problem. Um, it's going to be a game of higher or lower. Okay, so basically, is the next number going to be higher? Or lower? So, for Auxerre, you played 87 times. This is according to Wikipedia and soccerbase.com, All right. very reliable. <laughs> um, so for Auxerre, you played 87 times. It said for Arsenal, did you play more or less games? Higher or lower? More, more, more. Okay, good. For Man City, was it higher or lower? Than that nt7? Uh, sorry, the, so Arsenal you played 213 times. So Man City was at higher or lower? Then 213. It's funny, but I think it's very close. I think it was very... I don't very think it's as close as you think it is. For Arsenal it says here you played 213 League times. game? Are you talking about league, league game games? League games, yeah. Less. It is less. It says 54 here. Again, you you feel free to argue with that. Talk to the guys at Wikipedia. Less, but fully, the full games, I think it's 80 something with City. Okay. I want to talk about, okay, the career goals. Is it less than the 54 appearances you made for? A lot less. A lot less. Okay. It says here that you scored 10 goals. Yeah. Not for your national team. Obviously, I think you scored one for your national team. Not right? even. Not even one? No. Ah, France under 21, it says you scored one. Yeah. Okay. So you scored 10 goals across those clubs. If you had to rate the So Close, So Val podcast out of 10, would you go lower than 10 or keep it at 10? This podcast. No, keep it at 10. There we go. I
2: think that's a great way to end the podcast. What a way to end the podcast. But thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and all the advice and valuable experience that you had to share. Guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, listen in on Apple, Spotify. You can check it out on YouTube. Drop a comment letting us know who you want to see next. Drop a like on the video and we will catch you next time. Peace.